Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. One of the most exciting Senate races in the country is in Nevada, of all places. Someone I've known for quite some time is running a great campaign up against the total zero in a state that is rapidly not becoming a red state, but it's fixing itself towards a center-right direction. And it has a lot of national Democrats very worried that if Ron Johnson holds on and Ted Budd holds on and J.D. Vance holds on, that alone, with an Adam Laxalt flip, even without Herschel, even without Blake, even without some of these other ones, Senate goes Republican. Adam Laxalt joins us right now. Adam, congratulations. I don't want to say congratulations yet, but I want to say keep going. You're running a great race. How does it feel on the ground in Nevada? Yeah, look, I, I think we've been the most consistent campaign, and we've been at this since last August, and uh, all our hard work is coming to fruition here in the close. You know, no one is on the ground more than I am. No Republican candidate, certainly not my, my Democrat opponent, uh, is in every single county in all of these communities, and the enthusiasm is off the charts. And despite the fact that Senator Masto and her leftist allies have spent gazillions of dollars attacking me starting in June all the way through, it's just hardening our people. Our people are furious. They know these commercials are lies. And uh, as you just reported, Charlie, I mean, yesterday was the sixth consecutive poll with us ahead in this narrow swing state, uh, which doesn't mean we're going to take our foot off the gas, you know. We got to charge this thing. They just put in more money. She just put out that she raised $15 million in the third quarter, uh, as I'm sure you cover a lot. The mm-hmm. Democrats are the party of the rich now. They've got unlimited money to try to buy these races. Uh, but but we feel like we're exactly where we need to be. Post-Labor Day, that's when we started spending and our allies started spending. And I think this is when people are paying attention. I think that they're, they're getting to see yes. who she is. They're understanding that, you know, unlike Joe Biden telling everybody that gas is under three dollars in all 50 states. Guess what? It's 580 here right now uh, and climbing, by the way. Yeah, that, and so, that is the greatest Lexalt commercial, right? Advertisement is 580 gas in Clark County. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and, and look, we're all Nevada. It's over six bucks and, and we have to drive everywhere in this state. Uh, we're, we're a large state. And so people are furious. And, you know, in the end of the day, there was this great New York Times article this morning of all places, if you can believe it. And they were embedded with the culinary union and they knocked yep. a Democrat door. And he said, no way. They ruined our economy. They're killing our yep. state. They don't have my vote. And so I uh, think things are things are looking really rough for them. But again, They've got all this money, and they're they're lying, and they're trying to buy this thing. So totally. we need support from grassroots conservatives across the country at adamlaxell.com to try to yes, match that yes. spend. I've known Adam for a while. He's a true fighter. He'll do a wonderful job. Just curious, how are the national Republican groups backing you up? I don't mean it. I'm accusing any way. I'm just wondering, has McConnell come in with a serious number for you? Yeah, look, I, th- I think in the end of the day, there's a limited pool on our side and a lot of decisions started to be made in September. And, and fortunately, since our race was tied or me marginally ahead, um, the huge gap we had is being filled in by a lot of different Republican groups. 
And so people understand that this is very likely the 51st seat. I'm doing my job. We've worked hard. We have built this, this team in this state. And uh, so our, we were down something crazy like 39 million for the month of October, and it's now 11. Uh, so it's still a spending gap. But we'll take 11 over over 39 million any day. Yeah, I think that there's going to be some people coming up out of the woodwork soon. There's been a lot of Republican donors on the sidelines for whatever reason. Maybe the economy hit them or they're just tapped out. The Democrats have the opposite, though. They're more enthusiastic than ever, though. The Democrats are spending money like wild, and they've really kind of become the party of Silicon Valley plutocrats um, in many ways. One of the dynamics in your race, Adam, which is kind of a— harbinger for things to come for democrats is the narrowing of the hispanic gap and this is now it's been kind of predicted for months but now it's becoming real in the data of course not over till the votes are counted and anything can happen in clark county unfortunately big surprises can always happen in in clark county let's play cut three according to polling democrats lead has narrowed let's start with three and then i want to play the latino clip after that play cut three in August, I believe we had a, a big lead for Fetterman. It is now shrunk to just four points, according to a Fox News poll. Go to Wisconsin. Uh, our friends at Marquette had Barnes up seven in August. Now he's uh, down one uh, in the most recent poll. And even in Georgia, we've seen, while Raphael Warnock still leads, his lead has narrowed. So that one's narrowing. doesn't talk about your race, but it's talking just more generally about how the trend is narrowing. And Herschel Walker is running a great race as well. But I want to get to this one here, which is cut, let's say here, yeah, cut 22 about Latino voters, which factors into this narrowing poll gap. Play cut 22. And the the switches have been taking place over the past five, 10 years. You noted Donald Trump picked up a far more uh, uh, Hispanic Latino vote than was anticipated. Those numbers appear to be uh, either stabilized or growing even more in the Republican's favor. There are certain states where different uh, there are different Hispanic communities that will vote in different ways. So it's not a monolith. Uh, but if you're looking at it from the broad picture, 30,000 foot lens, if you're a Democrat, this is troubling. How do you feel on the ground, Adam, Hispanic Latino voters? Yeah, look, President Trump got a higher percentage of Hispanic vote than anyone running for president in the last couple decades. Um, this working class message for us actually being for working and middle class is hugely important in my state. The, the greater Las Vegas suburb is very working class. And what Senator Masto and her allies represent right now is the urban elites. Mm -hmm. We know that they represent these coasts and the Latin X talk. Um, you know, they're, they're not having it. They came to Las Vegas because they actually believed in the American dream. And they believed like it used to be, if you worked hard, you could actually create a small business to get ahead. And then they got treated to shutdowns by Democrat governors. They're getting treated to critical race theory. The schools were, you know, were greatly harmed over COVID. We have crime rising. The border, of course, is out of control. And so all these things are combining for a perfect storm. And no question, the numbers are closing in our race. We've yes. seen under 10. Uh, Masta, by the way, won by 42 with Hispanics in her last Senate race. And so we think those numbers look very promising, not just for my race, but for the state Wait, and so for Republicans you say in that the future. Cortez Masto won Hispanics by 42 last time? She did. And then you're seeing it under 10? We've seen three public polls under 10. Well, then, I mean, what's her path? No I, mean, that's, the team. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, if she if that's sub 10, 
you're you're cooking with gas at that point, right? I mean, that's that's a tectonic shift. There, she just can't make it up unless I'm not trying to say it, trying to preemptively celebrate here, but that's unbelievable. That's a thirty point dip. But but you know these numbers have gotten so bad for them. They're spending millions on Hispanic advertisement, and you know we we don't have the money to compete with all this stuff, and so they're of course, spinning yarns about how great she is and they're attacking me. And, and, you know, look, in the end of the day, I think people are going to tune all this stuff out. I think that uh, it's, it's got to be noise at this state of the game. But again, we need support from conservatives across the country. Every dollar we get, we're going to try to match these, these lies. And uh, hopefully they can't deceive voters because this is their record. Their record is the highest 16% inflation in my state, almost $6 gas, Record small business closures, rising crime, massive issues with the border. I mean, this is their record that they can't escape as long as we get our message out. So, Adam, can you talk about how Nevada has a little bit of a kind of a thirst for a little bit of revenge from these lockdowns? The lockdowns were unpopular across the country, but Sisolak was so cruel and so draconian that it really hurt the gaming industry really hurt restaurants, really hurt tourism, really hurt conventions, that parts of Vegas are still trying to climb themselves out of this, of dislocation and job loss that resulted in just suicide and depression and drug use. I mean, I know a lot of people in Vegas, you and I know a lot of the same people there that are job that are, are owners of facilities, and they've just gotten completely crushed. And a lot of the workers are saying, why couldn't we have done it the Florida way? And so can you talk about, Adam, how the lockdowns, probably in Nevada more than any other state, are a lingering political issue? In most states, they've kind of entered a post-COVID political moment, but not in Nevada. Is that right? Yeah, look, let me first say this is an example where our our media, I mean, where were they? You know, they put on the blue jersey. They Mm -hmm. never asked Sisolak why casinos were open, small businesses and churches were closed. And if they did that, he, of course, wouldn't have had any science to back that up. And we would have had the state open sooner. We wouldn't have our schools closed for so long. And so people are pissed. But, you know, the paradox, Charlie, is that the strip got opened up earlier. And because they, you know, cut a lot of expenses and they they found a different way to do business, the strip and the people at the top of the strip are doing well. Mm -hmm. You know what hasn't come back is the working class, our small businesses, the bars, the taverns, you know, the, the entertainment community. I mean, those were the ones in the end of the day that were destroyed by COVID lockdowns, unnecessary COVID lockdowns. And that's where I think you're going to see this huge movement of people. They know they can't blame anyone else like they tried in 2020. That's right. This was a Democrat governor. He's it the was, one that it shut was it one of the worst lockdowns of the whole country. And, you know, every state has dealt with it politically a little bit on local and state le- levels, but some of these Democrats have kind of escaped. You saw Chris Murphy, for example, um, in New Jersey almost lose because of the lockdowns. But Nevada is a very um, economically dependent tourist hub, especially in Clark County. And you're right, MGM to City Center to Bellagio to Venetian, they got hit, but they were able to navigate some of it and they were able to cut deals. But if you go to Summerlin or you go to those areas surrounding some of the small businesses, even less than Summerlin, which is obviously, you know, a little bit higher income, you go to West Vegas, they got destroyed. They got decimated. You go to Henderson, forget it. And there's a huge lagging effect from Sisolak's heavy hand 
that I think is really, I think there's going to be a reckoning. I think a lot of the Cortez Masto negative polling is people that had their lives unnecessarily destroyed in Vegas uh, because they said, oh yeah, your restaurant has to close or, you know, you have to wear three masks while you do this. They said, this is insane. And it was, I could tell you, Adam, I did a lot of traveling. Vegas was by far the worst in the country of major cities that I went to. Only worse would be New York and L.A. And I don't think that's the spirit of Vegas. It's a can-do attitude. It's hardworking people. It's entrepreneurial. Check out adamlaxalt.com. That is adamlaxalt.com. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Check out adamlaxalt.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.